Hey, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron. And I'm Emily. And thanks so much for tuning in with us. If it's your first Sunday joining us, we want to say a special welcome to you. If you want to learn more about New City Church, you can do so by going to our website. And if you're ready to take that step and connect with us, we'd love the opportunity to do that. You can go to newcity.us connect. Absolutely. And we're starting our new sermon series today called How to Grow Your Faith. So thank you for joining us for that. And what better way to do that this year than by reading through the Bible? And so if you have ever been one of those people, I know I have, where I've heard people say, I read through the Bible and it's super overwhelming. And I think I could never do that. This is the year for you. So we have taken it and divided it up. It's five day a week plan. So if you skip a day, it's no big deal. You can jump right back in. We want you to be part of this goal with us, New City. So in 2021, let's read through the Bible together. You can go to newcity.us slash reading plan, jump in with your small group or a friend and read along with us. We would love to have you along for that. And we want to thank you for your generosity, New City family. In 2020, we know it was a super difficult year for a lot of reasons, but you were generous and you gave above and beyond what we expected. And God used that in amazing ways in our city and within our church family. And if you know someone or if you are someone who needs additional care and support this coming year, we want to offer that to you. You can go to our website, newcity.us care. You can fill out a form there and one of our pastors will be in touch with you this week. And if you want to take that step in giving and, and support this ministry financially, you can do that at newcity.us give. That's right. And we're excited to be celebrating communion this morning together. And so as you have time this morning, grab your supplies. At the end of the sermon this morning, Pastor Chris will lead us through that together. And so now, if you will, worship with us. Well, welcome to New City Online. We're so glad you're here with us. You know, it says in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and our strength. And this song we're going to sing is a great reminder of the power and hope we have in Jesus. So let's sing this together. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own, when brokenness and pain is all I know, I won't be shaken, oh, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I
without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From the throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dead Praise the Father Praise the Son Praise the Spirit Three in one God of glory Majesty
pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are sovereign, that you are in control, that you are our place of refuge, safety, and strength. We place our trust in you. We open our hearts to the work of your spirit in this moment, in this day, and in the days to come. We pray all this in Jesus' name. King George VI in his Christmas Day address uh, in 1939 quoted from a poem as they were getting ready to start a new year in a, in a difficult season and in a chaotic time. He said these words, give me a light. Uh, give me a light that I may walk safely into the unknown. He said that to the man who was standing at the gate of the new year. This is amazing. The man replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That'll be better than any light and safer than any known. And I love that. And that's such a great reminder to my heart as we begin a new year together here at New City that you know the cry of our hearts is to, to know and to finish our narratives and um, to, to be safe and to be comfortable. And I love that reminder from that poem that the safest place for each of us as we start a brand new year together is to place our hands into the hand of God. More than knowing, more than any light or comfort, uh, you know, more than anything else that we might desire in our hearts as we, as we start a new year together um, is, to, is to continue to place our hands into the hands of God and to walk uh, with him. The, the writer of Hebrews um, said it this way, he, he said, you know, with, with, without faith, it's, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews eleven six, and And I really think about faith this way. And by the way, if you read Hebrews 11, the, the writer begins to define and describe what faith really is. But I, I, I love the idea that faith is, is placing my hand into the hand of God. Um, and, and especially in times that are, that are, chaotic in times where there's so, so many things that are unknown at the, at the gate of a new year where we wanna, where we wanna know and we, we have our plans and we have our desires that above all of that faith is, is just saying, God, here's, here's my hand. And more than anything, I, I just, I wanna put my hand in your hand. And if I do that, then, then you're gonna walk with me. And more than anything that I could know, more than anything that I could see right now, the safest place on earth is my hand in your hand, God. And, and that's really our heart this year as we start this series together at New City is that, is that we, could, we could once again, you know, place our hands into, into the loving and caring and all-knowing hand of God, the all-powerful hand of God, because that, that, that's what pleases him. That's, that's what he desires. And, 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 you know, the closest word that we have in the English language to, to faith is the word trust. And, and, and trust is defined as, as, a, as a belief or a, a confidence. 
And, and you know, I want to be really clear with, you know, for all of us today that, you know, this belief or confidence and, and growing in that is not confidence in ourselves or, or just, you know, belief in something in this world. It's, it's confidence and trust in the living God. And again, it's, it's, it's taking our hand and instead of grabbing all the things in this world and trying to grab control and trying to know, it's just saying, God, here's my hand. I'm placing my hand in yours as we start this year. And I just wanna walk with you because that is the safest place to be. You know, God wants us to have a, a firm belief and confidence in him. Again, back to that word faith, which is really the closest to, to trust for us in the English language. We want, he wants us to, to believe him and to, to place our confidence and our hopes and our dreams and our, our desires uh, in his hand. And, and the psalmist, uh, uh, David wrote this in Psalm 62. Uh, I'm just gonna read a couple of the verses here. You can, you can go and, and look it up for yourself. Uh, Psalm 62, uh, beginning in verse five, David writes, for God alone, for God alone, O oh my soul, I wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock. In a world that just feels like everything is just shifting and changing, David says, God is my rock. He's my salvation. He's my fortress. He's my, he's my safe place. I'm not gonna be shaken. In a world where everything is shaking right now, God is solid. He, I'm not gonna be shaken, not because I'm, I have a lot of belief or confidence in myself or I'm a smart person, because my, I, I'm not gonna be shaken because my hand is in the hand of God and he is my rock, he is my fortress, he's my strength, therefore I won't be shaken. He continues by saying, on God, I rest my salvation, my glory. He's my mighty rock, he's my refuge, he's my God. And then, and then, and then this, verse eight, trust. Here's our word, right? Trust in him at all times. And we talk about around here at New City, all means all and that's all, all means. Trust God at all times. Pour out your heart before him because he's a refuge for us. And then, and then this word selah is, is a word that's used all throughout the Psalms. And we don't quite know exactly in the Hebrew what it, what it definitively means, but, but, but we know that it, it means something about a break or a pause. Where, where that truth right there, trust in him at all times, pour out your heart before God because he's a refuge for us and just pause. And, and so in the, in the midst of, of, of a world gone crazy, in, in, in the midst of so much uncertainty, and at the start of a brand new year, we're, we're already in, you might be going, wow, I have so many disappointments and so many things that I've carried over from last year into this year. And I'm already feeling, you know, stressed in the same way that I did. Trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him because he's a refuge for us. Pause, full stop, period. And that's what this series is about. It's about placing our hand into the hand of God, walking with him, pouring out our hearts before him and knowing that he is our safe place. He's our fortress. He's our refuge. And, and, and again, I wanna, be, I wanna be really clear for, for those of you who have been you know, following Jesus for years and years, for those of you who are just starting this series, this teaching over the next five weeks is all about how to grow that trust in him at all times. 
And for those of you who may be exploring what it means to start a relationship with Jesus, we're so glad that you're here. And we wanna walk with you and help you to understand that. For those of you who, who may even be uh, skeptical or you, know, you, you may even be run, finding yourself running away from God right now and, you, and you've never placed your trust in him, we, we're so glad that you're here to, 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 to listen and to be a part of this. But this series, I wanna be very clear about this, is to help those of you who have made a decision to follow Jesus, to grow your faith in him. And so I'm gonna talk about five teachings straight from the scriptures about how to grow your faith as we start this new year together. And they're, they're five Ps, okay? So, so hopefully it'll help you to remember, we're gonna start today with practical teaching. And if you have a copy of the scriptures, go ahead and be thumbing over to the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in Matthew chapters five through seven. We're gonna look specifically at chapter seven. And then next week, we're gonna talk about providential relationships. And we're gonna talk about those people that God brings into your life life uh, to help you to grow your faith. And then we're going to talk about uh, private disciplines, the things that God calls us to. I love this passage that we're going to be studying, how Jesus continued to, to pull away on his own in solitude before the Father and to, and to, um, to pour out his heart before him um, and to learn to, to grow his faith privately in that way as he pursued the heart of his Father. And then we're going to look at personal ministry and how God calls us uh, to be a part of, of his kingdom work. And, and as we use our hands to build his kingdom, he's growing our faith as we lead other people, as we disciple other people, what God's called us to do to go make disciples, God's growing our faith. And you've heard me say it before, but it's worth saying again, and I'll say it when we get to that week, that leadership is discipleship. As, as, as God gives us the ability to lead other people, whether it's your, your, your children, um, you know, whether it's people that he's placed in a circle with you in a group, whatever you're context might be, he's actually growing your faith. And then we'll finish off by talking about pivotal moments. Uh, these moments where God just shows up and, and you know that you know that you know that this is an only God moment and God wants to, to draw us to draw from those, those moments all throughout our lives. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited about, about being with you and teaching through these. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to go on the journey with you. And again, I just wanna encourage you wherever you might be in following Jesus, whether you've been following Jesus for years and years or you're just starting, this is for all of you to take the next step closer to Jesus and to grow your faith faith and, and I'm on the journey with you. So 16 years ago, um, Jen and I were, were uptown in a, in a birthing class, a child birthing class. And um, I, I remember in that class, maybe you've, you've sat in there uh, before, you've, you've um, heard stories about people going to their, you know, the, the, to their birthing class or have their first child and all the things that go into that. And I remember going to a series of those classes at night um, at the hospital and we were all learning, but I noticed something in those classes that half the people in the class were paying much more attention than the other half of the people in the class. Um, everybody was interested but there was one group of people that were really interested. And I'll give you one guess who that was. All the ladies in there were going, listen, I'm gonna to have to actually take what we're talking about in here and directly apply it. 
And you might be in the room and be standing here and be cheering for me and praying for me and holding my hand, but I'm gonna be the one going through this and applying that. And you better believe that their attention was much greater than, than the guys in the room who were going, yeah, I'm here and I'm interested, but I don't know what the direct application is. What am I going to do with what I'm hearing? I mean, how many of us have, have walked onto a plane and we're getting ready to take off and what happens? Everyone's getting seated and then here come the instructions. And most of us have our earbuds in or we're getting things situated or we're talking to the person beside us or getting to know or whatever, we're looking out the window. Not many people are paying attention and listening because they've either heard it before and they think I'm not going to what? I'm not gonna have to apply this. It's not practical to me. What am I gonna do with what I'm hearing? And this first step of, of growing our faith is practical teaching. And it's, it's an example that Jesus gives all throughout the scriptures and his sermons. It's always about taking God's truth and applying it first to our hearts and to the hearts of other people around us. And putting it into our marriages, our parenting, the way that we live our lives. It's putting into practice God's truth. That's what practical teaching is. And it, it becomes the foundation for transformation in our lives. Because here's the deal, guys, application is indeed the foundation of all life transformation. Let me say it a different way. Taking God's truth and putting it into practice in our lives is how life change happens. Application is the foundation of transformation. And Jesus knew this. And so he taught in a very practical way. He taught deep truths, but it wasn't just truth for truth's sake. It was to take that truth and to help people to apply it into their lives. And so this, this sermon that we're looking at today, this teaching that Jesus gives in Matthew chapters five through seven is, is famously known as his Sermon on the Mount. Maybe you didn't know that it was his longest sermon. It, he had one of the biggest crowds as he preached this sermon. He was um, right outside Capernaum. And, and in that place, the crowds had gathered and Jesus sat down and he began to teach. And, and who were in the crowds that day? Just to give a little bit of context for this sermon in Matthew chapters five through seven. Well, there, there were his disciples, and we also read that there were those who were very interested in Jesus, that his notoriety had, had become known in that place and people wanted to, to, to come and see this prophet and, and maybe they were seeking healing or whatever it was, but they were just, they were a crowd. They were, they were there to look and to see. Then there was a whole, you know, people like this, I've been a person like this, where there's a crowd of the crowd. So it, it's just, I, I, there's just people going this direction. So I probably should be going on in this direction. And, and there were certainly people that day who were just a part of the crowd as well. There were all kinds of different people is the point in all different walks of life and different places in their faith. But the target audience for Jesus in this, this Sermon on the Mount were his disciples. And he talks about all kinds of things. And I wanna invite you into that. Maybe this week you would just read the Sermon on the Mount. Again, it's Jesus's longest sermon. It's but very practical teaching. And he covers all kinds of different topics, 17 or 18 different, different topics Jesus covers. Just to give a, a little bit of an over, um, overview, he talks about uh, blessings. He talks about uh, the fulfillment of the law and how he came not to abolish it, but to fulfill it. He talks about, he talks about anger. In, in, any, anybody need to hear that? He talks about lust. He talks about divorce. 
He talks about making oaths, retaliation, loving your enemies. He talks about giving. He talks about prayer. He talks about fasting. He talks about anxiety. He talks about judging other people, asking for what we really need from God, the golden rule. He talks about faithfulness. He talks about fruitfulness, all kinds of different things, all kinds of wonderful truth that Jesus teaches that day, again, primarily to his disciples. But then he ends the teaching this way. Look, look with me at, at chapter seven, verses 24 through 27. This is how Jesus chooses to end this very practical teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. And it's something we should pay attention to today about how to grow our own faith. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And then verse 27, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it did fall and the the fall was great. What, what What is Jesus busy saying here? Well, for, for, for this audience that was there with him that day from the surrounding area, Capernaum was right by the Sea of Galilee. And what would happen specifically again in context here was that during the hot summer months, the ground would get rock hard. The sand would get really, really hard around the lake. And if you weren't familiar with that area, you could be fooled into thinking that this sand was actually bedrock and you could build your house on that. And so many of the people in the audience that day listening to Jesus's words would have been thinking about this. He tells a very practical story And they probably had seen people move to the area and begin to build their houses. Maybe even some of them had done this. Maybe they had warned other people about this. But what would happen is when the rainy season came, it would wash out these houses because it would reveal that you actually didn't build your home on the rock. And so Jesus uses this story to give a very practical truth about faith. He says, the person that hears these words, remember he's just done his longest teaching about all kinds of different challenges and topics and and life issues. And he says, someone who hears these words of mine and does what? Puts them into practice. What, What does he say that person is? Look at it with me, verses 24 and 25. He's wise. What is wisdom? What is a wise person? Is a wise person just a knowledgeable person? No, the Bible says a wise person is someone who knows the truth and does what? Puts it into practice. That's what wisdom is. And so Jesus says, the person that hears my teaching and puts it into practice, in other words, practical teaching, that is a wise person. And I love this because he says, when the crisis comes, when the rains and the wind come against that house and they beat against the house, it stands because it's built on the bedrock. But then what does he say conversely? The person that does what? The person that hears these words, look at verses 26 and 27. The person that hears these words, they're there, they're in the audience. They're hearing the same sermon. They're reading the same passage. They're in the Bible study. They're doing all the things. They're hearing all the information. But the person that hears all of it, but doesn't do what? Doesn't put it into practice. That person is a fool. They're foolish. Because they're thinking that just by hearing it, that it's going to change 
their life. It's gonna change their heart. And what they're actually doing is they're building their life on something that's not the bedrock. And when the crisis comes, because by the way, guys, you're either in a crisis, you're coming out of a crisis, or you're getting ready to go into a crisis. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Are you with me? In this world, in this broken world, that's not operating the way that God intended for it to, you're gonna have trouble. You're in it, you're coming out of it, you're getting ready to go into it. And I know so many of you can relate to that and are in it right now. And Jesus, Jesus says, when that crisis comes, which he uses the metaphor of rain and wind and flood, when it beats against your life, and some of you right now, you can feel the winds in, in, uh, beating against your heart and your soul and your life right now. They're fierce. And he says the, the, the person that, that ended up building their life on anything other than the truth, if they built it on success, moralism, religiosity, whatever that might be, you fill in the blank for you. Anything other than the truth, they're gonna be washed away. But the person, the wise person that built their life on the truth of God, when the crisis does come, not if it comes, when it comes, it will reveal that they've built their life on truth. Doesn't mean the crisis won't come. Some of us think that if we listen to God's truth and we apply it, that nothing bad will ever happen. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says the wise man, the, the rain and the wind and the flood came against his life too. But the difference was his life was rooted and grounded in the, in the truth of God. James said it this way. Many of you are familiar with this. You know, James was all about practicality and taking God's truth and putting it into practice. Even uncomfortably for some people that James is saying, if this doesn't translate to the way that we live our lives, then, then what use is it? And he says famously in James chapter one, verse 22, to, to be what? To be doers of the word and not just what? Not just hearers only. Did you know that the word in the Hebrew for obedience is the same word for hearing? In other words, the Hebrew listener of, of which many of them were listening through that lens and with that ear uh, as Jesus preached this sermon would have understood that, that putting something into practice, listening to it, would have, they would have been one and the same. That you couldn't just listen to something and not put it into practice. That, that listening was the same thing as, as doing and, and we've missed a little bit of that, haven't we? Because in our thirst for knowledge and understanding and content, we listen to a lot of things. We allow a lot of things to come into our head and we allow a lot of things to come through the, the gate of our hearts, don't we? And Jesus says, be very careful about the truth that you listen to. Be very careful about the things that you read. Be very careful about the, the, what you're allowing to seep into your heart and your mind. But, but when God's truth does come in, also be very careful that you're not just hearing it as content or knowledge, but you're hearing it as something that is meant to be applied and lived out. Pre preaching is this, and I'm saying this as a preacher. And as we, as we prepare our sermons and we pray over them, and, and guys, there is an incredible team of people at New City that help to build these messages that, that are, are a part of all the sermons because we believe in God's truth and we believe in taking God's truth and applying it to, to our lives and, and, and helping God's truth to spread so other people can apply it to their lives because it changes us. And, and, and that's, this is what we believe about preaching, that preaching is standing between God's unchanging truth and people who are living in a very changing world. And, and it's holding those two tensions together. And it's understanding and never fudging on God's truth, 
but always stepping towards people and pulling them towards God's truth. I love what Billy Graham said. He said, I prepare all of my sermons, all of my teachings with a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. What is he saying? He's saying that the point of of teaching is to take God's unchanging truth and apply it to people's hearts in a very changing world. You know, one of the people that was listening this day to the Sermon on the Mount was Peter. He had just been called as as a disciple. He just began understanding what it meant to to follow Jesus and he was still trying to understand. And he hears this teaching. And if you fast forward a few chapters to to chapter 16, Jesus pulls his disciples. Remember, they were the target audience that day at the Sermon on the Mount. Other people listened and and it was great for them to hear, but the target audience was Christ's followers, disciples. And Jesus pulls them aside and he says, guys, guys, who, who do people say that I am? And they say, um, John the Baptist or Elijah or a prophet. He says, okay, okay. But, but who do you say that I am? And, and Peter can't help himself. He just comes straight out. And he says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus looks straight at him right in the eye. And he says, Peter, you are Peter. That is your name. And on this rock, I'm gonna build my church, Matthew 16, 16. Now, now some people have, have, have misinterpreted this to mean that Jesus was saying, I'm gonna build it literally on the person of Peter. That's not what he was saying. In fact, we know that Peter would, would fall away and come back and because he was a broken person and we're broken people. That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus wasn't saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build my church on one specific person or, or, or any, any specific person. This is what he was saying. He was saying, Peter, that truth that you just blurted out because you couldn't help it because you knew it was true. That truth applied to your life and heart is what I'm gonna build my church on. It's what I'm gonna build faith on. It's what I'm gonna build other people's faith on is taking that truth that I'm the Christ, I'm the Messiah, I'm the son of the living God. That is truth and applying it into your heart and life. That's what I'm going to build my church on. And that is what God is building his church on today in our lives. It's taking that truth of who Jesus is and living it out. It's taking our hand and putting it in the hand of God. So, so, so what truth, what truth is it today that you need to apply into your life? Well, there might be a hundred things, but what is the one thing from today's message from God's word that you need to apply into your heart. Because one biblical truth applied into your heart is worth more than hundreds of biblical truths never applied. What is the one thing for you? And and what is maybe the one thing that you would look at today and say, I am building my life on something that's not true whether it's morality or religiosity or something I've got to do or, but something other than what Jesus says, I'm beginning to build my life on that. And it's a lie. I'm deceiving myself. I wonder what that would be. The first step in growing your faith, the, the, the first step for, for many of us in beginning to, to, to walk towards Jesus and place our hand in his hand is to take his truth and to apply it into our lives. It's practical teaching. And remember this, remember this, bottom line, that application is the foundation, it's the bedrock of transformation.
taking God's truth, applying it into your life is the way that God changes our hearts and our lives. To him alone be the glory. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we, we reject the way of power today. We reject the way of selfishness and greed. We reject the way of, of pride. We reject all those false foundations. And we embrace the way of the cross. The way of surrender, the way of grace, the way of faith. And we pray in faith today as we place our hand into your hand, thy kingdom come and thy will be done and let it begin with me. Give us the wisdom to know what you're speaking to us from your word, from your truth today. And would you now give us more and more faith, confidence and trust to go and to obey for your glory. Amen. New City Online, we're celebrating communion today as we begin a new year together. And communion is a celebration of God's grace. It's a celebration of his sacrifice on the cross for us. And it's a reminder of who Jesus is and, and all that he's done for us. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he took bread and he gave thanks for it. And he broke it saying, this is my body given for you. And then likewise, he, he took the cup and he said, you know, this cup actually represents something. It represents my kingdom, my new covenant that I'm making with each and every one of you. And Jesus said, as, as often as you, you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you proclaim my sacrifice. W what he was saying was, I'm making a new promise with you. And it's not a promise or a covenant that is made through your works or your morality or religiosity or just your good thinking. It's only made through my shed blood, my sacrifice, what I'm, what I'm doing for you on the cross. And so today, um, as we are celebrating this together, it's, it's still just like it was 2000 years ago. It's a, it's a reminder and a call of who Jesus is to us and, and what the gospel does for us, which is that it frees us from religiosity. It frees us from self-condemnation and from works. And it invites us into faith and grace uh, in Jesus. It invites us to believe Jesus for who he is and to understand that our relationship isn't based on anything that we do, but it's based on his completed work on the cross. And so I wanna invite you right where you are um, to gather the elements together and to celebrate um, together with us today. And we're gonna, we're gonna close with a song that ties right into the message and what we were talking about today from Matthew chapter seven. And so I just wanna invite you right now, wherever you might be, uh, to lean into the grace of Jesus and to, and to allow these elements of communion to remind you of the goodness of God and who Jesus is to you today. So use this uh, time that we're gonna sing the song to listen to the words, to take the elements um, and to celebrate God's goodness and grace. We love you.
being with us today in New City. If you would, extend your hands for a benediction as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Go in peace, New City.